Hi, Jane. Hey, Paula. How are you? How are you doing? Welcome and thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm delighted. Yeah. It's really yeah. great. It's exciting. Thanks a million. Nice to have, have a creative chat uh, yeah. at the end of the the lockdown period. It's good to... I know. It's mad, isn't it? It's kind of coming to the end. It feels yeah. like, hmm, yeah, things are shifting yeah. a bit, which, which is great. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. yeah. So nice. how are you doing? How's the, how's the artwork been going? Have you been able to make much in this time? Has it kind of led you into making more or has this been a time of just slowing down or definitely not made me make more work yeah it has it definitely slowed me down so um i didn't have access to my studio during lockdown okay yeah and i live in a very very small apartment in rat mines and it just it was just unworkable and i i think that's okay i was um at the beginning, I was like, I'll kind of geared up and I'll do loads of things and I'll just, I'll work smaller and I'll adapt. And, and mm. I don't know, with everything that was going on and the terrifying news and the stress of the whole situation, I just, I, mm. my head wasn't there. And I think creating for me is something that I need to be in a flow and I need to be in a headspace to, to allow it to happen. Um, and I think that's that's something that took me a long time to accept as an artist that there's kind of um, a cycles to to how I work, and that I might have really productive, really busy periods that might last for a year, a year and a half, and then that slows a little bit, and suddenly I would focus more on researching and applications and exhibitions and kind of disseminating the work then. So. Mm-hmm. I, I've I've kind of learned to forgive myself for periods of yeah. of slower productivity, um, because I think when you when I first left college, I was like, you have to make work every day, and I have you have to be extremely productive, but it, that can even that can dilute the work. And what I was finding is I was getting completely in my head then, and and almost this paralysis for work, and it was mm-hmm. I can't um yeah it became an obstacle rather than a, an mm. encouraging thing so if i just accept there's a pace that things go at uh yeah. that's, that's that's kind of how i've learned to work in the past mm. number of years Which i always think that. there's like an ebb and flow isn't there to to well, so many fun. artists like and, and i think each artist works very differently and how that but it also comes in yeah. seasons with life and how your life is actually flowing and exactly exactly and it is it, thing of kind of letting go and and as you said like having no guilt over that because I just don't think you can output output the whole time I mean you can but it's not always going to be your yeah. best work then yeah at the same time exactly. you know so. and, and why are you doing it then like what's your motivation yeah. in, in making that work and yeah. um is it just to say I made some work you know yeah. it's I, I prefer to do it when I feel it and luckily yeah. that happens quite regularly um yeah but when it doesn't, that's that's Brilliant. okay. There's other ways to yeah. spend your time and gear up for the next bout yeah. of productivity. Yeah. Um, but I think I also think every artist is different, and that everyone will find their their rhythm. Um, mm. And there's some, I don't know. Sometimes you're looking at Instagram, I don't know if you find it. Oh, there's like yeah. artists that are just prolific 
like just I know. constantly creating and that's amazing I I love yeah. that and I love seeing that um but I had to just say no that's not you Jen that's okay <laughs> I know and you get into the comparison game then and I yeah. just think that's actually never really helpful because that's always about fear and lack of rather than seeing yourself as an artist exactly. who is abundant in their own creativity and you just exactly. work in very ways yeah exactly. I know like social media is brilliant but it's also really bad I'm gonna just switch off for a few days now or... yeah, yeah. yeah exactly yeah. exactly take it all yeah. with a little pinch of salt as well yeah this is it yeah, yeah. Um, so how did you get into the flow of it all how did this creativity was it always there did you like where were the first beginnings of it for you did you feel yeah. like it was from early on and yeah I, I would say most definitely it's been a thing um, that's I've, I've had since childhood it's just yeah. I, think, I don't know I've definitely had conversations with people before and saying like I, I could never do anything else there was nothing mm. I mean I could I could get another job <laughs> but there's yeah. nothing nothing else I want to do as much as yeah. I love doing this and I was very lucky I grew up in a very creative household mm. and it was encouraged um mm. my mother would always kind of encourage us to make and to create and I've two brothers who ended up uh getting into music and okay, both yeah. very creative in their own way so it's kind of it's been there and then uh I kind of I don't know I've my dad would be a very, very hardworking man. And I think that discipline I then applied to my creative process as well, or tried to apply. Um, yeah, so I think having supportive parents from an early age that kind of told us to do what makes you happy and pursue your passion and your, like, your drive. That Without that philosophy, I don't think I could have done it. Mm. Um, and then... School was very supportive. I had a wonderful art teacher in secondary school. Um, and I just, I knew that I wanted to go to art college and I wanted to try that. And then I was there and I was like, I love this. I really love this. And I don't know, when you go to art college, there there's different, people take it up differently because I guess it's not exactly what you have in mind. It's definitely not what I have in mind. Um, you know, I had images of us just drawing all the time or but it, it challenges you and it like expands your mind and and I and I loved it and I left college and I still wanted to do it and I had this kind of fire in my belly of I, I want to do this and I want to make it work and it hasn't always been easy and that makes it sound like this wonderful epic journey where everything just works out and you have a studio but uh it's it, it poses its challenges but uh, I'm I wouldn't change it I wouldn't do anything else yeah it's amazing isn't it some people come out of our college and they just continue to embrace it and other people I guess they just burn after it you know it depends it people, takes a lot yeah. I feel like it takes a lot out of people Definitely. kind of more emotionally and uh it's such a challenge on that on that level you know so definitely and people yeah. realize that, uh, this isn't for me and I and I don't want to be an artist and that's yeah. that's great and and they'll end up in a creative job whatever their industry is yeah. they'll apply those skills yeah. um yeah but I, I kind of was surprised at the 
the small number of people that when you graduate yeah, continue on. Still want to yeah. it wasn't a wasn't a huge amount so mm. um but so you did print making then is that is that right jane I you did i went to to the the name of the school was the uh dit it was fine art the school of art design and printmaking okay is, yeah but it was a very broad mm. just fine art so uh, as opposed yeah. to other colleges where you would specialize in a discipline. Um, in DIT, we kind of did everything, we sampled everything. And then as the years progress, you kind of start to focus a little bit more in on your area of interest. And I think at that point I was, I mean, I did some printmaking in around third year that I, I felt like, oh, there's something here that I enjoy, but painting always kind of pulled me back and I kept mm. on returning to painting. But painting in a more kind of expanded field, I suppose, is what I was thinking about at the time. And I played around with kind of installation and my degree show was um, a large installation which kind of encompassed the whole room of kind of thinking about the idea of time and how that's embedded in uh, in a painting or in, in a piece of art. So I, hmm. I timed myself. Uh, to paint for one minute on a piece of cardboard and I mixed up new colors every time and I made 1440 uh paintings that were for one minute mm. and it was uh 24 hours what would what would 24 hours like visually look like so this turned into this large installation so it was always painting but painting with um thinking about materiality and thinking about um process and kind of looking at what's in front of you, what what's what's exactly is here. So time and gesture and someone's engaging with these materials. So those those ideas were quite interesting to me at the time. Mm. And that pushed me then on graduation into I start working three-dimensionally, which I didn't really do much in college. Mm. And I think often people associate me as being a sculptor. And I, I think of myself, <laughs> um, which I mean, they're kind of silly notions. It doesn't really matter what category you fit into. Yeah. Um, but always painting is at the root. And that just yeah. led me to make sculptural things that were always very layered and quite colorful. And uh, mm. so yeah, I because I love here the I don't know what do you call them sculpture, sculptural mm -hmm. forms or, or objects or. Yeah. Like, how would you, like, is yeah, that what you would, would call them? Yeah. I, I love them because I, I'm you. fascinated. I want to know, one, what they're made of, but that's the artist in yeah. me. And, like, ha, like, how do you make, do you layer them? Do you make them all at the same time? Um, so they're the, the more recent sculptures I've, I've in, maybe in the past, oh, God, actually, I've been making them for a few years now. Time flies. Okay. Uh, maybe in the past five years or so, I've been playing with, uh, paper pulp so it's they're okay. all made from paper and I was interested what led me to making them was I was interested in how color and form could kind of be uh, continuous uh, within mm. the object so it wasn't mm. that sort of color was applied to the surface that it, the yeah. object was the color so I was I'd get like gather loads of recycled paper pick it up from outside offices you know those big bags <laughs> <laughs> um, carry it on your back yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So then I, I make a big bath of, uh, put them in loads of water and, and mix yeah. them into a cup. And the color comes from uh, crap paper. So okay. all paper and some wallpaper paste. Mm -hmm. And then I squeeze them through either mesh or fabric. And they kind of, what was important to me in that was that the, there's kind of the action that you can tell that this is a person interacting with a mm. material. That it's, uh, there's some kind of human touch involved. Mm. Um, and then I start to layer them. So um, with the work, I try and not have anything that's too hidden. So there's no armature kind of internal support for the sculptures. They just kind of... I layer up the paper and paper is amazingly versatile as a material mm. um get, I'm, like, I'm getting real enthusiastic now talking about <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, art nerdy i love all that kind of stuff you know <laughs> uh, it, it flies like a rock like it, it really so yeah hard. have you ever pulled well, it's very light i'd say is it though you know when they dry the really yeah light, but actually, yeah the making of them is quite challenging because they're really heavy because when the paper is wet they're just like really heavy so you have to okay. there's a lot of playing with gravity and balance and yeah. uh, sometimes lumps just fall off and <laughs> readjust but by the time they're dry they are actually quite light but you know yeah. it actually feels like if you've ever put a tissue in your pocket and then put your trousers in the wash yes yeah and it's like this little hard condensed um, little dot of paper, whatever. Yeah. It's, so it's kind of like that, only I'm manipulating the form a little bit. Okay. Um, I mean, paper is amazing. You can cast with it and everything. Uh, it's it's fantastic. Brilliant. I, yeah, I tried to use it just kind of in a more organic looking form. Mm. And then uh, layer them up and thinking about uh, color and composition as I do that mm. uh, maybe that's where the painterly approach comes in at that point and mm. um, thinking about like how your eye might be led around so how do you place color in various places and mm. um, and then I suppose when I'm finished I feel like they're kind of a painting that's been pulled uh, vertically into three-dimensional space in a way that you can mm. see all the layering um, and the gestures and the kind of figuring out composition and things hmm. um and then when you look at them sorry Jen, when you look at them cool. some of them could all, almost be like an like a brush stroke in itself like an yeah. all, like the way that they're formed and shaped you know they're yeah, yeah I, I was just, thinking like that it was yeah kind of picking apart the elements of of painting yeah. and uh still very close to things that i've been thinking about since graduating and since my work uh, as a student, it's yeah. it's kind of just, it's spurring on and, and developing. Um, and then from them, I kind of derive a, a color palette. So I'd photograph the sculptures and get a little color swatch from like the most prominent colors in the, in the work. And from them, I would create uh, a painting that kind of corresponds mm -hmm. to the sculpture. So, out the ones that you see on the wall behind me yeah. uh, will be part of that process. And I start, okay. I started in, gosh, was it maybe 2017, I think I start playing, 2018, well, uh, I play, start playing around with egg tempera painting. Um, yeah. 
So I've never my, used egg tempera actually, but I can imagine it's quite like gouache, is it? Or it is quite like, yeah, like gouache. Um, yeah. So what I really enjoyed about it, I I just love mixing colors. I love mixing paint. <laughs> just mixing the paint in my studios and like getting the color really exactly corresponding with the, the color swatch from the, the sculptures and. Um, so there's something really nice about that process for me of kind of slowing down and mm. focusing on this uh, this one activity in front of you. Um, mm. So then I then I create a a, a series of, of paintings that kind of uh, kind of correspond with the the sculptural works. That's mm. I suppose in a nutshell my process. Which are your gorgeous paintings behind you there, Jane? Is that right? Yes, yeah. yeah um, so there, because when I originally saw them, I there's some marks on them, mm -hmm. and again, this is like the artists. You know, when you look yeah. at a painting, you're like, God, I wonder how they did that. Yeah. And initially, I saw it, and I like because there's some quite fine detail. And at first, I thought, is that marker? Because some of the some of okay. the bits on it, I thought kind of looked like he used a marker, but obviously I wasn't really like up close and personal to it. I, know, then, I know the gestures you're referring to actually. Um, yeah. Because it's kind of, with tempera, you you layer up the, the paint in glazes and um, they, they become opaque. But yeah. as you, like, but as you, begin to apply the paint, you can definitely uh, highlight the gesture and the brush stroke. So mm. I would kind of leave various elements within the composition of uh, more dense, uh, opaque color and mm. more gestural works. And I try and approach the painting where you can kind of see all of the layers at some point within the composition. Mm. So you can see the history of the painting and the decision-making process as you kind of dig down through the layers, that there's always a little key or some point, a little window into the the previous mark. Mm. Because they're not predetermined. They're not, um, I don't make a plan for the painting. They're kind of responsible. Okay. Uh, as, do as you do any sketchbook work or anything like that then? Really? Yeah, like books <laughs> and I hate and I just I don't hate them but I just I they don't they don't that's not part of my process see I'll tell you yeah. the closest thing when I actually have it to hand the closest thing I have to a sketchbook is I keep a like a note of all of my colors so as I mix the colors I I have a reference um Love it, yeah them but that's it's not preparatory, I suppose, in the sense of like make a plan. I mean, I have notebooks where I scribble down ideas and and I use them more for if I'm reading and uh, I, if something grabs me, I might make a note. So in that sense, I would notebook. Yeah. Uh, and do you do like, so you're obviously mad into the color mixing stuff. Would you make a note of quantities and stuff like that which I'm always fascinated by but I don't do because I feel I'm quite intuitive with color mixing yeah I kind of I kind of know what I'm doing um yeah I'm, I'm quite good at mixing quite exact matches of tones and, and colors and um I would make notes I mean when I was familiarizing myself with the tempera I would definitely 
have to there's a little bit of a chemistry to it and in the consistency of the egg and ratios mm. of water and vinegar and things so um in that sense i like because that's quite an exact science and it wasn't yeah. as important to me at the beginning um i feel like i've gotten i've gotten a feel for it at this stage and mm. now I, I also know that there's very kind of strict rules sometimes with egg tempera that I might be bending a little bit that I, mm. I don't know, sometimes would apply a few layers and then scratch into the tempera, which by the, the standard or the rule book of egg tempera painting, that's I'm a bit- I'm all weird. for breaking rules, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a rogue. <laughs> yeah. So how did you get into egg tempera then? Have you tried, I mean, obviously you tried other mediums and stuff. What was it about that? Like that you thought this is, this is yeah, kind of, you landed I, with that, you know? I, for years, it's always been water-based paints for me mm. uh, that have attracted me. And I, I, I wasn't, I, I felt it was a bit, acrylic for me didn't sit where I, I wanted it. Uh, so for years mm. I was painting with, with watercolor um oils never worked they, i'm just not even going to talk about them that just wasn't <laughs> <laughs> didn't do it i and uh, I, I just never it was it was a problem with the opacity i like i just couldn't i i liked working in, in glazes and, and kind of uh layering up uh, and as i say she, like being able to see the process within the painting that was quite important mm. so that was it was watercolor for years and even times when I was predominantly showing uh, or exhibiting sculpture, sculptural work, I was always making kind of watercolors in tandem with that. I just wasn't showing them so much. And then um, I'm not I'm not sure the exact moment where, where I, when I mm -hmm. thought of I must try this temper, but um, mm -hmm. there was something about the ability to still have transparencies and still have glazes and then layer up this kind of quite opaque um, and the richness of the color. And it also has this really beautiful kind of satin finish. Um, mm. And that's a, a kind of a decision in, in the framing of the work at the end. I, I haven't been putting glass in front of them because I just love the finish of the paint so much. Um, mm. I feel I, I don't know. I think a glass. I think glass would kind of obscure that. But um, yeah, I I can't I can't remember the exact moment of God. I must give mm. that a try. But I went. Um, I think it was twenty eighteen. I went to Kilrillig, you know, down in uh, in Kerry. Mm -hmm. They have like a, a residency. Yeah. So I had this two week period of just dedicating myself to figuring out this medium and playing around with it. And that was a real kind of important development in in my painting work. And it gave me a confidence to begin exhibiting the paintings as well. I felt I'd kind of hit on something at that point. Um, I'm trying to think of what else it was about the, 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 the temper that there was. Um, I think it was as well, the, the kind of getting to the root, because like, remember I was saying like a lot of my interest is in what is it that you, you see when you when you're confronted with a painting and this allowed me to kind of go back to the beginning of well what even is the paint you know what what are we talking about here so it's a selection of pigments 
and some some fat as a binder, something to hold them together. So it allowed me to kind of access the work from a very kind of early point in its mm. uh, origin, I suppose. And that just, mm. it just interested me in a uh, kind of materiality kind of sense. Um, mm. I also actually, I tell you now, I'm after remembering what the, what the, I knew there was something that kind of spurred me on to, to mm. play with the temper. And this is just a purely practical thing. I had loads of pigment in the studio. <laughs> I was like, what do I do with them? They're just sitting there. Why don't I make my own paint? And keeping it water-based, that was it. That was the decision. So yeah. very, um, not a very inspiring or eureka moment. It was kind of... That's, yeah. born Sometimes of the, the practicalities are what, yeah, yeah. that's exactly it. It's what yeah. it lets us into it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really happy that that happened. I, I, I feel... Yeah. It, it works for me and it kind of achieves what I want to achieve between mm. that so, tension between real depth of color and then real translucent. Yeah. yeah. Mm, gorgeous. And do you work on a bigger scale than that then, Jane? Um, yeah. Like how I, big would the pieces be? Then? This one here, that's a work in progress. Mm. That was That's kind of been the largest I've gone to date because I like to work uh, flat. I always stretch the yeah. paper first, and mm. so, so they're on boards because I like to be able to like flatten them on the floor or put them on the desk so that I'm not getting lots of drips. Um, drips yeah. So just by kind of that's about as big a board as I can find at the moment. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. that size. Now I have bought a roll of uh, very nice paper. So I, I, my intention is definitely to scale up, and mm. uh, but I, I have to figure out the stretching of the paper and whatever. I know because the mm. ripple, isn't it? The rippling, and you know yeah. that's the big issue, isn't it? Yeah. Which, you, I, with the temporary, you want to have a kind of a hard surface to work on because if you layer the, mm. if you put it on quite thickly, the paint can crack. Um, if it's on like a, a softer surface, um. Mm. I haven't had that issue yet, but I, I'm just kind of aware that that's something that can happen. Yeah. Um, so I, I would definitely love to scale up, and I and I found I found it quite difficult because I was used to working like the paintings that you see on the wall um, yeah. are a real familiar scale for me and real. Yeah. I'm comfortable. Um, yeah. And it wasn't until that residency in Kilrillig that I decided I'm going to try and scale up a little bit here and I mm. just felt really difficult um, <laughs> in a challenging way in a way that I kind of got a little kick out of it like negotiating this new new space and um mm. because gesture becomes totally totally different um depending on the scale and um you've yeah it, it's just it's, it's just a different a different negotiation mm. um so it would be I'm starting to become more comfortable with this scale again. So to mm. kind of push myself a little bit now, I I would love to go. Yeah, and I guess the bigger you go as well, the more you're using more of your physicality within the Absolutely. painting as well. Whereas when it's on a smaller scale, it's really just more you know the hand and arm kind of gesture. With yeah. the larger, I guess you you become yeah. more involved. I guess with it, don't you? You know, um, traditionally uh, tempera would be applied in quite small tight gestures and mm. cross hatching kind of layered up um 
gestures but it's that's kind of interesting for me then as well to like try and so how do I use this medium that's traditionally very small gestures and very tight mm. uh, how do I loosen that up a little bit and I think definitely as you say like the scale allows you to do that like it allows you to to put your body into it a bit more yeah yeah, yeah. so maybe yeah. you can watch me in a year or so and I'm like and that'd be huge huge changes yeah wow so do you have any kind of ritual when you begin working or what what would a day look like for you I mean by ritual I don't I don't mean like yeah. you know I, I don't know what I mean actually but you know do you do you have a mantra do you have your cup of coffee how does your um, day get in God, it's uh, no, no is the answer because um, I think my life, well, definitely pre-lockdown was quite um, to support my. Just going to go off on a little tangent. To to support my work, I work in education, so I was doing lots of uh, before lockdown, obviously, uh, workshops yeah. and traveling to different galleries and different museums and. Um, facilitating workshops and they can happen at any time of the day so there was no there was never any real structure to my week and um, that's mm. changed slightly um, but so it was very difficult for me to say okay Monday to Friday uh, gonna be in the studio nine to eight or whatever that yeah. would never happen so it was always um, use the days off that I have and Ritual, no, there was no ritual. There was, no. uh, oh, actually, you know, the only thing that I sometimes find myself doing that I think actually might be part of yeah. my process sweeping <laughs> the floor. <laughs> I'd like to make sure that there's not loads of clutter around me before I start. Yeah. Give the floor a little sweep. That's sweet. a ritual, yeah. Then, yeah. You need to video that now, Jane. But video, that's part of your next installation. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's like a procrastination or like an ease myself yeah. into the studio day. Uh, yeah. Yeah. sleeping. And actually, I think I know a few artists that might might have a similar kind of. I'll do. I'll clean up a little bit first, and then I'll start. Yeah. It seems to be yeah. a common approach. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah. Can't work in clutter, definitely not. Yeah. 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 A lot of clutter it, over there, but you know. But it's different when it's your own kind of yeah. organized clutter. That's a, I think that's yes, a yeah. uh, headspace. Yeah. And I try, yeah. I suppose I try and keep uh, some sculptural work and some painting happening at the same time uh, because mm. the the drying times with the sculptures are quite slow. So then there'll be a period of time where I would switch to painting uh, for mm. some hours. Now, the painting process is, qu is quite protracted. So it takes a long time to make the paint and mix the colors. And as, as I say, mm. I spend hours mixing colors. Um, and that's often a kind of a meditative step into the painting process as well for me mm. um mm. so it, it kind of depends on the day and yeah uh, yeah yeah it's and, and, and deadlines kind of impose different 
I think. But I think that's good in many ways. I mean, I think, well, I guess it depends on the artist as well, doesn't it? You know, yeah. but many artists don't, there's no nine to five or nine to whatever or yeah. Monday to Friday. I think a constant yeah. process of Definitely. working, whether you're putting stuff to paper or making something, I think yeah. it's it's a constant going on in your mind of the process of it all and absolutely and I think there's a couple of factors that might dictate that like as you were you mentioned Mm. earlier on like where you are in your life and what other external factors are kind of impacting on your process and that balance between organizing yourself and securing funding and securing exhibitions like that's part Mm. of the role or the job of being an artist whether you enjoy it or not it's it's a necessary um it's a necessary part to enable you to continue doing what you do so Mm. to try and achieve a balance between the two I think is yeah um another important just an important Mm. factor to, to grapple with yeah definitely and one of the questions that I guess I would get asked or I hear kind of quite a lot will be um, people starting out I guess in the process about finding their um, their own style Mm -hmm. and I guess I wonder how did you come to your own kind of style of work and Mm -hmm. would you have any words for somebody who is just starting out on that beginning process? Um, I'd I never, I suppose I never attempted to have a style. I never attempted mm. to make work that looks like this or, but yeah. I, what I did do was read lots about artists, but this was through art college where you're in that environment yeah. where you're made to kind of expand your knowledge of what's, what's happened already and where is mm. art right now. And so just exposing myself to loads of, uh, different artists and different ways of working and I think naturally I found myself constantly gravitating towards painting and mm-hmm. that and then it was well what about painting so as you know there is a, <laughs> a vast uh, many ways of approaching painting but it, for me mm-hmm. it was about okay well what is it that interests me and what interested me was um, colour and thinking about the act of painting and um, what are artists doing when they make a painting. So mm. for me, I was less interested in creating this illusionary space um, that I was interested in like, what's really in front of you and, and encouraging people to slow down and like just, just look at what's in front of you and take that in mm. um, and try and understand that. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar of the work of Robert Ryman, but um, he's an American painter and he paints these quite abstract. Well, actually, I shouldn't use that word now. It's going to go against what I say. He paints these uh, white on white paintings um, and he spoke about them not in terms of abstraction and he didn't look at them as abstract. He looked at them as pieces of realism because it's because mm. it's really a tangible object that's in front of you. And when I heard that, that kind of changed everything for me that... Uh, was a light bulb moment and um so so it was through 
looking at other artists and thinking about how they uh, approach the work and aligning things that suit, like fit with me to, okay, well, mm. this has happened and that makes sense to me, but that doesn't make sense to me. So where do I fit in all of that? That was uh, how I developed my if style, if you want to call it style, but my approach to making mm. uh, making paintings and making work in general. Mm to advise anyone in that process. Um, I'm not sure. I Yeah, because you want to feel like the work that you make is authentic to yourself. I would say avoid mm. emulating another artist just for the sake of it, because you think that looks cool, but finding what you want to, to f say and what you, what kind of speaks to you and I think mm. it kind of comes naturally after that when you when you're able to position yourself and what kind of aligns with your thinking that that things kind of fall into place that's kind of vague mm. as an answer I'm sorry <laughs> no not at all that's I think that's excellent what about inspiration do you look to other artists for inspiration I know you don't necessarily want to emulate what other artists do but sure. do you find yourself looking to other artists for that or where would you look for your own inspiration is that something that comes easy um i think oh it's such a tricky word inspiration um like for me bodies of work often kind of um progress from previous bodies of work so the work mm. kind of organically grows so i'm trying not to um have too many external factors come in on the work now i know that's a kind of a paradox because i don't make work in a bubble and of course things are gonna indirectly seep into the work um, mm. and i look at so many artists and i and i love uh i love looking at other artists but i, I try mm. not to directly take inspiration i don't know I'm actually, I find that a difficult question. Yeah. Uh, but I think things might indirectly seep in. I think that's natural for any artist. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of artists. And actually, maybe where I take inspiration from other artists is how they talk about and how they contextualize their work. Um, mm. I think that's often really enlightening for me. Mm. Um, but in terms of their... Output, I, I can't say I would directly be inspired. Mm. Um, yeah. What about uh, challenges that you would face as an artist? Do you, mm -hmm. Is there anything in particular that you think, yeah, that's oh, something it's that you fear away from? <laughs> 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 um, but as much as any any job has their, or vocation has their, their challenges, um, yeah. The main one, the main one is definitely sustaining a practice when mm. for me, the work in it, like when I left college, it was never commercially driven. It was about I wanted to make these things and how do I make this happen? So finding ways to uh, secure funding and but funding is not always something that's available. Um, mm. So juggling work and then trying to find the balance between your work life and uh, sustaining a studio practice. And I'd be quite strict on myself mm -hmm. as well of making sure that there's uh, 
time for family and time for friends like I think that's really important mm. so time management is a, is a challenge um yeah and I think as I was saying earlier I've gotten I've gotten better with myself of like you don't mm. want to be producing huge bodies of work every few months or whatever like that's okay so that that was a challenge um and then yeah sustaining a practice in a a city where there's or even a country where there's constant lots of closures and the arts and culture sector mm. and um funding is really competitive it's their their challenges but um mm. i think i'm really stubborn and persistent so determined I'm, determined, determined. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so um, that kind yeah. of that sustains it but definitely there's there's times when it's difficult now my partner is also an artist and I think that our that offers like really great support and that we both kind of understand the uh the system and uh the mm -hmm. challenges of, of doing that and can support each other um time-wise and uh like take, I'll take responsibility for this thing if you need to go to the studio and and that kind of stuff mm. but um yeah how does that work with the two of you Jane then if yeah. you're both artists do you feel like you kind of feed off each other in terms of artistically have you ever shown together or yeah. is your work very different yeah well, early early in our relationship we did a collaborative project I'll never do it again <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're together, yeah. <laughs> no, it was like it went really well, and uh, it yeah. was a really interesting concept. And uh, but I think it that was a learning curve in itself. Of I like making work on my own, and it's a nice, it's yeah. almost, it's a an activity, and it's an isolated activity for me. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we share a, a studio, and we obviously we live together so um yeah it's it's actually it it works really well it's quite supportive um our work I don't think our work has ever kind of you know seeped in or we've ever influenced each other um yeah too much David uses quite um earthy natural colors and he's he works a lot with the landscape and um mm. kind of various ways and, and photography and printmaking and makes very bespoke frames and very kind of I think the one commonality between both of our practices is they're both very process driven um, and very material driven so we've great conversations about that um, yeah. and it's it's great I mean in a in a kind of community sense it's also really uh, lovely because I think community is a really important part of being an artist. Um, in our studios on Talbot Street, there's some great artists here and, and there's kind of a support network through that community. Um, we would facilitate kind of curatorial visits together and we would have kind of critique groups together and just kind of general chats. And then yeah. at the same time, you can shut the door and have your own space and get on with your work yeah. in solitude and but I think I really think community is important uh for, mm. for no, and when I say I make work in isolation I make I physically make the work in isolation but you, you rely on 
so many people to bring an exhibition to fruition and to yeah. allow you to even be in this privileged position in the yeah. first place, you know? So it's, um, it's yeah, I think it's important to not lose sight of that community and stay in touch. Mm. And, uh, like we, a lot of our friends are artists and you kind of go to exhibitions together. And so that's all like, it allows it to kind of fit into your life uh, a little bit. Yeah. No. Yeah, and this is your studio. This is the new studio as well, Jane. Is that it? Yeah. You're in now, like new studio so, space. Same, same studio, uh, collective. No, it's not a collective uh, studio building, uh, but we yeah. were upstairs, and a nice bright studio came available uh, on the first oh, floor. Nice. And yeah, it's really nice. It's got lovely high ceilings, and uh, we just moved in this nice. week. So great. Uh, it's been, it's been disruptive to work and that kind of process, but it's really nice. I feel like we're almost settled in now. And, um, yeah. Should be. Right. It's a nice place to come. I think it's important that you, you want to go to your studio. That is a, it is a, an environment that's, uh, not, well, not I guess it has to be a welcoming space that you feel yeah. actually there's somewhere that I do want to be and be immersed Absolutely. in and, yeah, be creative in otherwise. I remember having this really, really cold, cold, cold. I mean, it was beautiful and bright, but it was so sure. cold. And it's terrible. having to have a hot water bottle. Oh my God. Two heaters. And it <laughs> it like, kind of doesn't really yeah, make you want to. Bananas. Uh, I was talking to yeah. another artist in the studios here the other day, and she was like, Oh, yeah, I filled in this survey recently. And she was like, What? One of the questions was, What is like, um, what are the main things that you would look for in a studio? She's like heating, and you know, like yeah. <laughs> we're really not asking much, but sometimes yeah. studios can be just. This is lovely and warm, and it's lovely and bright, and it's uh, all good things. Um, yeah, as you say, you don't want your fingers falling off as you're trying to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hypothermia and stuff. Hypothermia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess um part of me wants to really debunk the whole uh starving artist thing, which yeah. I think uh, is is a story that is is told over and over again. And I know it's hard to make a, a living from art mm -hmm. um in many ways, and I know you really just have to be very determined and mm -hmm. keep on pushing into it but can you tell a bit more about like kind of the business side for yourself is that something that comes sure. easy for you or um, like where would you get most of your your business I know that you work as well Jane like yeah. as a as a, a facilitator teacher workshop workshop yeah I won't go into it it's a long list of <laughs> 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 uh, freelancing education things yeah. Um, yeah yeah so as I was kind of as I was saying earlier on like when I left definitely my focus was not uh on commercial commercialization of my work um mm -hmm. but I but at the same time I want to say I don't like that there can sometimes be a taboo and certainly leave an art college that there is a taboo from making money from your work i hate that um mm -hmm. but it just i i think that's really important you want to be able to do what you what you want to do and who's what planet are we living on if we think that uh 
you don't want to sell your work. That's nonsense. You know, uh, and it has to be sustainable, really. People otherwise, okay. I think, and I think that's why so many people end up not going into it or yeah. don't choose it in the first place because they yeah. think, I absolutely, yeah, yeah. You know, at the same time, I didn't want, um. I didn't want to, the, the external things dictating what I made. I didn't want it to turn mm -hmm. into a case of, oh, that was a really successful painting or that was a really successful mm -hmm. sculpture that you made. So reproduce that and and or keep to that aesthetic. Um, I didn't want yeah. that to seep in. I was just making work that I wanted to make. I still am just making work that I want to make. Um, and it's only kind of in recent years that I've had more uh, commercial success and I'm still not making a living off of my art um, and that's okay I've I've accepted that like I I actually also love working in art education I love talking about art with people um, so I, I actually feel like for me I found this lovely balance um, mm -hmm. where I can make as I say make the work I want to make that's not dictated externally but I in talking about like running a business or seeing yourself as a business like there's still huge amount of organizational work and administration that's involved in doing it if that's your approach still applications art applications that need to be uh written there's you still need to learn how to present and talk about your work and that took mm. i felt like i didn't understand that in college it was when I left, I was like, actually, you are, you're, you're a business, you are, mm -hmm. um, you need to learn how to market yourself, you need to learn how to talk about your work that's open and accessible to people. Um, Which I think that they do, like, I think in, I don't know about your experience, but I feel like in our college, to speak about your work, for me, I felt like that was a very, uh, a very acceptable approach, and obviously in group crits and stuff like that, you're, yeah you're encouraged to do that quite a lot but the anything about applying for grants yeah. or crazy nothing like that was it's crazy nothing but, like know, that is spoken better it was kind of in when I was in college where they had a professional practice module and but I think I would have loved if they had have gone through here's an arts council application and we're going to do it you're going to do this yeah. from start to finish and you're going to see what's involved yeah. because i didn't have a clue about uh writing a budget and like the financial side of things i didn't feel like i grasped that in college or mm. was introduced mm. uh, i don't want to put my college down i think they did a, they did a great job but like i, I definitely think there was gaps there for me yeah. um and yeah I, I, I that that's like that's probably something I'm I feel like I'm still learning like be how to be really organized with your taxes and how to like mm -hmm. financial plan and, and budget for things and um yeah they're like vital vital tools for being an artist it's not yeah. just lock yeah. yourself in your studio and make all paintings all day actually the admin side somebody's going to knock on the door and <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly okay. off you gonna off you. Yeah. <laughs> no it doesn't work like that um yeah. yeah so and like the amount of time you spend answering emails and doing all the admin side of your work like it's it's huge yeah. huge mm -hmm. and i don't know uh i think 
the working days of of artists the hours are are long <laughs> but it's i mean doing it because you love it and, as, and i said it at the yeah. beginning i'll say it again i wouldn't change it and um, mm. but it, it takes a lot of a lot of behind the scenes prepping and organization definitely yeah um, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's a big learning curve, I think, uh, you know, with all of the other things, all of the other elements that need to fit around you actually making in the process of making. There's so yeah. much else, I guess. And I, I still there. feel like there's a huge taboo in certain artistic circles and in, in discussing mm. prices around work and the finances of it. And yeah, and I, and I wish more artists would talk about how they sustain this is why this these conversations are great. How do you sustain it? How do you make it happen? Um, mm. Do you do you have another job? Most artists have another mm. job. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's not really spoken about any. No, I'm sure it's not. It's not. Chain, you know? it's not. I wish because it it's yeah part of the yeah. practicalities of life. Um, it is or yeah. the life of an artist, I suppose. Um, mm. Yeah, that's. Yeah. But I, I don't know, I still, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if I've got all of the business side of my work down, but um, I think having a website is a huge one as well. And mm. that, like being extremely organized with all of your, your biographies ready to go and your statements and just, just having a good, uh, mm. Good do you find it easy to uh, write about yourself? I mean, you're obviously very good at about talking about your work. Do you find putting like words on paper is that something that comes easy to you, um, like artist statements and bios and all that kind of stuff? I don't. Lo I don't love it. Uh, mm. Took a. It just takes years and years of just doing it. Uh, mm. Just keep keep practicing, keep changing, adjust your artist statement yeah. regularly, um, yeah. tweak it, adjust it to whichever specific funding you're going for. Um, mm. it, it, it just, it takes, it's constant work. It's constant work. I don't mm. know. I, I, and mm. I find, um, I, I guess, like intellectualizing what I do, I, I just find it really yeah. difficult. Um, I do too. It's it's almost. It's, I feel like for me, it's another language that I yeah. I don't feel comes naturally to me as yeah. a person when I you know when I speak. So it's something that I find definitely as a challenge. But I know other artists actually thrive in that kind of in that. Oh, some artists are just like poets. <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I envy that. Yeah. I envy that. Yeah, I do. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, and I think that's something I need to work on a little bit. Um, mm. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I've always been quite interested in, in writing, and I can, and I, I can construct a sentence, and I can. Yeah. <laughs> what right? It's the. Oh, I don't know. I do. I do struggle because, as you say, it's yeah. another. It is another language. It's a. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah. We're speaking the same language, but it's written it. I don't know. Yeah. I feel sometimes I speak in the same language, but I'm not understanding the same things. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, but no, I, guess, um, I do find processing that of brain and words, I guess. And then uh, the infamous uh, international art speak can 
it's finding the right language oh my god yeah, just, yeah, i don't want yeah. to sound really convoluted and <laughs> i i hate that no. so, yeah. um yeah it's definitely a challenge definitely hmm. to be worked on so you have had um some fantastic exhibitions the last while one being in the rha recently um was that yeah. last was that last year jane yeah it closed was, in yeah. january of this year but it opened about november. january this year okay yeah it opened, and that it was a group show is that right uh yeah so yeah it was um so Oh God, I'm trying to, I'm after getting caught off guard now how many are we're in it. Sorry, and I can name them all. I'm just going to do a quick count in my head. Six artists, sorry. Six artists. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, but like within, I mean, because the RHA is huge, gorgeous space. Huge, yeah, I know. Um, that there was enough, like it wasn't hung like a group show, so it was kind of like six individual uh, exhibitions, kind of. Mm. Uh, but it was under the umbrella of uh, Futures, which um, was curated by Patrick Murphy and Ruth Carroll of the RHA. And um, yeah, they're kind of just looking at contemporary art and what's kind of current on the, the landscape. And I'd done studio visits with Patrick for a number of years. Like he's such a lovely man and really actually really great for having for studio visits. They're actually, and they're invaluable places and times for like discussion, discussion of your work and having like insights into your practice at different points. And Patrick is very insightful. Um, so, I'd kind of had a couple of conversations with him for for years, as I say, um, or over the past number of years. And mm. I was on a residency last year in uh, Delight, which is uh, mm. in the inner city here. And they do a six month residency. Um, but it was a wonderful opportunity. And uh, he came and we, we talked about my work at that point. And, he expressed interest and I was delighted. So I was, yeah, I was really yeah. happy to go in, in, in the RHA. I mean, it's such a um, prestigious institution. So to yeah. have their yeah. backing at any point is... Uh, yeah, well, congratulations. Thank so you. Fantastic. Yeah, very yeah. Very so what's next in the pipeline? Do you have anything? Obviously, we're in a yeah. lockdown kind of... I was due to go to uh, Ottawa in September for my first international exhibition. Wow! Um, oh, yeah, gosh. that was going to be it's going to be exciting, but <laughs> <laughs> that's not happening anymore. Um, so is that got pushed or, out, or is pardon? Is that got pushed out then, Jane? Like, will that happen? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So actually, I was I, I, I wasn't sure if it would just be cancelled outright or what would happen, but the, mm. the gallery are very, uh, very nice and uh, happy to to accommodate it. So they gave me the option of a few different dates for next year, so that'll happen next September. Um. Mm. Uh, so that's the next big one that I'm kind of working towards, and. And can I ask for that, Jane? Will you go out? For, would you go out? Like, will you fly out for that and yeah. do the installation, help with the installation, yeah. or how does that work? You'll 
be yeah. there for the opening and the view and stuff like that. Yeah. Actually, it was an opportunity that I found on Visual Artists Ireland. Um, oh, I just got an open call and I submitted just. Oh. I always like to throw in an application because you never know. Yeah, um, that's brilliant. I was very lucky to secure funding from Culture Ireland. So that would allow me to ship the works over and uh, mm. help with the cost because I will go over. Um, they, yeah, so I'll install the, the, the exhibition and part of the request from the gallery was that I would do a talk on the opening day so they'd like me there for that so I'll, I'll do that uh, happily I'll try and Brilliant. use a bit of my French yeah so that's that's I'm really looking forward to that but this is actually a new challenge for me in like the logistics of shipping my work and um, mm. I've shown I've shown work internationally before never never as much it was never a solo exhibition and it was usually a case of like wrap things up really carefully and put them in your suitcase and that won't be happening mm. this time because the sculptures mm. just won't they won't survive that um, and there's too many of them and that's too complicated and it's time to take care of my work so yes. I was really happy with the the funding opportunity from Culture Ireland to allow that to happen. Um, mm. So that's the next big thing, and uh, it's really exciting to to show internationally. I'd actually love to exhibit more in Ireland outside of Dublin. I feel like I've shown in Dublin a lot, mm. and it would be great to. Mm. I might look at that in the future to mm. get out to more rural galleries and uh, yeah. So I think there's just so much, there's so many opportunities in Ireland and I think there's such a rich culture of, of visual arts here. Um, mm. And I think living in Dublin, sometimes you get stuck in that little Dublin bubble. Um, mm. Whereas I made several trips last year to, I don't know, like visual or, and you're just like, oh, get out of Dublin, Jane, get out more yeah. because there's so much exciting stuff happening outside. Um, yeah. So I'd like to get more involved in in that community or mm. outside of Dublin. So next year it's Canada and rural Ireland are the places. That, that hopefully, is. hopefully yeah. rural Ireland. Ireland, I'll work on that. Yeah, but there um, are some fantastic galleries around, aren't there? Like outside of you know, outside of yeah, outside of Dublin, and yeah. I mean, obviously internationally as well. Which is how exciting for you, though, Jane. That's brilliant. Outside. You know. Yeah. 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 yeah um That's yeah so 2020 might have been a bit of a write-off but it's nice to have it is nice to have something in the calendar to look forward to yeah 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 definitely well listen thanks a million for coming on thanks Thank for you. chatting and so um, nice just one final you. thing where yeah. can people find you so if they want to see more of your work and find out a bit more about you where yeah. can you point them yeah, so my website is janefogarty.com and my Instagram go. handle is at jane.fogarty. Um, okay. So Thanks. you can, yeah, I mean, I'm a bit sporadic with social media. There's definitely maybe more on my website, but you can find me at either of those places. And if anyone, everyone has any questions, just drop me an email. There's contact stuff on my, my website. 
All Fantastic. right. You'll be flooded you. now, Jane. You'll be flooded. Yeah, well, thanks. It's really a lovely chat, Jane. I loved hearing yeah. about your process and, you know, kind of how you work. And um, yeah, thanks for just, just being open about, you know, y- your day to days as an artist and stuff like that. And no, uh, it's been really insightful. So thanks a million. Thanks and so I much. wish you all the best with them. Um, okay, keep in touch. Well, the rest of the year, but and 2021 as well with <laughs> the exhibition. All right. So. Bye now. All right, take care. Bye. Bye. Yeah.